On this week's episode of the Homegrown Horticulture Podcast, we talk about what to do with fall leaves, what to do with pumpkin seeds, and if you can replant them. And Dean Miner talks about growing sweet potatoes and peanuts for the last couple of years and his experiences and what he might do different and where he might have succeeded. When I was younger, one of the ways my parents taught me responsibility was working in their very large garden. I remember one particular fall where my dad drove around our neighborhood and several surrounding neighborhoods in his car, and when he saw bags of leaves in the fall, he would go up to the door and ask the people if we could have them, and we would fill up the car with bags of leaves and then drive home and spread them all over our large garden. And then when we were done with that, he tilled all those leaves into the soil to improve it. I also remember when I was younger, my grandpa also was an avid gardener, and his gardening space wasn't as large as ours, but all of the grass clippings and all of the leaves that he collected in his yard also went into his garden, and he improved his soil so much by mixing in all this organic matter that you could actually walk into his garden and almost anywhere in there, take a shovel and just with hand force, shove it into the soil. And it would sink up to about a foot to maybe 18 inches because it had so much organic matter in it. He was always a very successful gardener. Pennsylvania State University stated that an average shade tree, so something 40 or 50 feet high and wide, can produce the equivalent in its fall leaves of about $50 of compost. Because of this, I hate seeing leaves sent to the local landfill. And so I would encourage any of the listeners out there to really collect those leaves. And if you can't use them, maybe check with some of your neighbors or send them to green waste. Just anything to avoid throwing them away. When I collect leaves, one thing I like to do is to actually run my lawnmower over the top of them first. Depending on the amount, I might actually take the bag off and just chop them up. And then after I've chopped them, go a different direction and collect them in the bag because I can fit more of them into my mower bag when they're previously chopped. And then because they are chopped up, when I do put them into my garden area, they're also easier to work into the soil because they're not so big. I read a publication from Texas A&M recommending putting between six and eight inches of leaves in your garden and then tilling them in. But if you've ever ran a rototiller and tried to do that, those leaves are quite difficult. But if they're chopped up first, they can more easily be worked into the soil. I have also read that those loose leaves, if they're in the right situation, do provide habitat for insects and sometimes small mammals. And so if you have areas of the yard where you may live in the foothills and have the oak trees, it may be okay just to leave them there and let them naturally decompose back into the soil because you're creating a healthy environment for beneficial insects and improving the soil to boot.
recently received a question from a listener about if they could store pumpkin seeds they had taken out of pumpkins to make jack-o'-lanterns. The answer is, is that it depends because a lot goes into growing pumpkins as far as making sure the seed genetically is what it's supposed to be. And so if you're a home gardener and in your garden you grew pumpkins with lots of other kinds of squash, you know, the yellow squash and the winter squash, those pumpkin seeds are most likely not going to come back true to type. There's a whole process of doing that to where you need to know the male flowers and the female flowers and, you know, how to pollinate them and things, which we can get into on another episode. But if your pumpkins are from your home garden and you've grown lots of kinds of squash, I would not try to save them and replant them unless you just want to have an adventure and see what comes up. Chances are you'll have a lot of hybrid strangeness that may or may not be identifiable. Now, an exception to this is if you purchased pumpkins from the grocery store or someplace like Walmart, commercial growers have acres and acres of pumpkins. And so those seeds, because they were pollinated by other pumpkins, are probably going to come back as another pumpkin. Now, depending on whether they were a hybrid or not, will determine on if they come back exactly the same, but they at least should come back as another pumpkin. And so if I bought my pumpkins from the grocery store, I have replanted those many times and they have always come back as a pumpkin. Now, there's, I should put out a disclaimer here that that's not guaranteed, and it may be an adventure, but I have done that. Now, something else to do with pumpkin seeds is to actually roast them. You know, in the convenience stores, you'll usually see pumpkin seeds available with sunflower seeds and peanuts and other things, but it's actually very easy to do this on your own. Intern Annie Smith is at school, and she's the one that usually handles this. But I've actually done it, and even in my diminished uh, mental capacity, I've somewhat accused me of having, I've made uh, roasted pumpkin seeds, and they're quite delicious and quite easy. So the first thing you want to do is wash the pumpkin seeds. And what I personally do is put them into a colander and just start squeezing them with my fingers. And they're kind of slimy at first, and it takes three or four rinsings. And then you've got to get the strings and stuff out. You may spread them out on a cookie sheet or something to do that. But once you get them cleaned up, you can then boil them for 10 minutes in a brine. And I'll put the recipe in the show notes for what to do. And the recipe is actually from the University of Illinois Extension. But once you've boiled those in a brine, you can pull them out and drain them off and then get a cookie sheet or even a cake pan would work, and then spray the bottom with some nonstick spray oil and put those sunflower seeds in a very shallow layer down, and it may take a couple of cookie sheets or cake pans, and then roast them for 30 to 40 minutes at 250 degrees. You stir them around about every 10 minutes, and when they start to turn golden brown, you pull them out. Now, I have tried them as far as tasting, and if I don't have enough salt on them, then I'll just take the salt shaker out and salt them that way and then mix them up while they're still warm. I've sprayed them with a really light spray of water, just moisten them so that the salt sticks if they're not salty enough. Now, there's nothing stopping you from putting other spices 
on these pumpkin seeds if you want to go with a barbecue or whatever else. If you want to get adventurous, you most certainly can do this. The seeds should be eaten within a week or two, and I would recommend refrigerating them in a Ziploc-style bag just to keep them fresh, but they do last for quite a while. Now, once you have roasted them, the seeds are dead and they will not germinate. And so if you collected your pumpkin seeds and you got your pumpkins from the store or you've done something to make sure that they're genetically pure so they'll come back as pumpkins, save a number of them so you have pumpkins for next year. Thank you again and have fun with your pumpkins. State University Extension Agent over agriculture in Utah County. And besides being an agriculture agent, Dean's a fairly serious hobby gardener and has been growing peanuts and sweet potatoes over the last few years. And I wanted to talk to him a little bit more about his experiences with them and the ups and downs of the whole thing. Dean, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. So you planted uh, peanuts for the first time when? Two years ago. And the first year, how did it go? It was a lot of fun. The first year, I probably had uh, 50% of what I planted germinate. Had some pretty uh, impressive, for me anyway, yields. Some of the plants, I harvested over 100 peanuts per plant. It was fun just to show neighbor, little kids in the neighborhood how, where peanuts come from. It's really an interesting plant to grow unlike most every other plant. Pretty easy to grow, actually. There's no insects. Uh, it's just a matter of getting them in time so you've got as long a season as you can possibly have, and, and maybe they're not as easy as I thought they were since I've never got better than 50% germination. For Utah, so these are traditionally a, a warmer season, warmer area crop. So you said that you had some problems this year with finding seed. This year, I, I ordered seed from a different vendor way early enough back in February, but they ran into uh, pandemic-related shipping issues and then some technical issues on processing order forms. And bottom line is I didn't get the peanuts until well into June. And I think the year before I planted in May, germination rates were even lower this year maybe 10%. In fact, I only had four plants germinate. I, I didn't get the growth that I had uh, the year before, nor the production, but it was still fun. Yeah, I suspect that you had bad seed. Could have done. Like I say, it was a different vendor. I'll go, I'll try to go back to the original vendor for next year if I can. The process of growing these, once they're in the ground, what do you, you know, someone growing peanuts expect to see? You'll see a, a little clover kind of looking plant come up and then 
depending on the variety, they'll just kind of spread horizontally across the ground. This year, one of the plants that germinated was a little more vertical. And I could see as the season came to an end that this would have been one where you really need to push earth up around the sides of it so the so they've got something to set their stems into for their pod development. The ones that are more level to the ground doesn't seem to be a problem because they stay low to the ground. So you've noticed there's both runner and upright varieties. Yeah. So locally, what kinds of varieties do you try to order because of our short climate? The ones I got were 120-day. And I think you can fit 120 day in because it, it does get warm enough into May and typically will stay that, stay plenty warm enough through September. And and this year, I finally harvested just this week, just week before Halloween, before it turned cold. And I did have to cover them a couple of nights, but the Spanish peanuts tend to do all right. And, and that's probably what I'd try to get is the, the runner type in the future. Yeah, I think two years ago we ordered Spanish peanuts and they had closer to a 90 to 100 day season on them. That may have been the case. So have you roasted them or? Two years ago when I had the good yields, I tried roasting them, various little guides that I found online. Semi-successful, but I found that if I just let them dry and then ate them raw, I, they were perfectly satisfying to me. In fact, that's what I had a routine last winter where I'd, on the way to the truck to come to work every morning, I'd grab four or five and on my way into work, left my truck kind of messy because I didn't have any place to put the shells, but they were perfectly fine once they were dry, uh, raw for me. You also grew sweet potatoes or you've grown them for the last few years. Yeah, last year was the first year... And then this was the second, and uh, the peanuts I grew just out in the regular garden area. The sweet potatoes I've raised in grow by, well, raised boxes. Last year, I had some success. This year, I think we got them in a little sooner, and I've got more sweet potatoes than I know what to do with. Dozens of pounds. If yeah, I bet you I put in... Let me 25 or 30 slips. I'm sure I'm pushing 100 pounds of sweet potatoes out of those. Which would be fabulous for even normal potatoes for Utah. Yeah, yeah. I was a little bit surprised that it was a little challenging in the raised beds to, to harvest them. If they stayed above in the bedding mixes, it was just a matter of almost brushing them off and getting them out. But the raised beds I've got are on top of some clay soil. And some of those potatoes were halfway or two-thirds into the, the clay soil, and you had to persuade them to come out. The other thing that was really interesting in harvesting them, if you read the guides, they say, you know, get your spade, go back about 12 inches or so, and just spade down and lift up, and you'll get them. But, man, I had... The uh, spaces in the raised beds were three, three to four feet square, and I had sweet potatoes underneath the dividers, growing out in the next bed or outside of the beds altogether. They were they were really going to town. So the sweet potatoes uh, plants themselves are quite pretty. Really are, really are a lot of a lot of vine growth. 
Uh, the first year I raised them, uh, I did them next to a vinyl fence on the edge of my property, and the vines went underneath the fence, and I encouraged them to go all along the fence as a decorative addition. Worked out really well until the city sprayed along the fence lines, but they really are pretty to, to grow uh, without a doubt. They get some flowers on them late in the season, some violet-colored flowers. Very good. So how are you going to store the sweet potatoes? Right now, I've got them just in my garage, setting in some uh, on some cardboard boxes, hoping they'll stay cool enough. They should now. But uh, when I harvested them, it was a little warmer than I had hoped it would be. But so far, they're looking pretty good. Last year, my initial harvest, they they stayed good just in a simple put them in the garage kind of approach for 60 maybe pushing 90 days on some of them so you had ample opportunity to eat them yeah yeah so do you have any favorite uh, recipes or dishes you've made i started out just making some uh, sweet potato casseroles and my theory is i raise enough in my garden and then especially with potatoes and sweet potatoes i try to make scallop potatoes or some other kind of casserole and freeze them and then eat them for lunch over the winter. And I found I got tired of the sweet potatoes after a while just in that potato casserole format. That and I sometimes I just sliced them and froze them. But this year uh, I just made, I found a recipe for mashed sweet potatoes and I brought those for lunch today and I really enjoy those and I could see freezing the mashed sweet potatoes and having them last till you use them. On the mashed sweet potatoes, what do you do to get them to the final product to eat? It's very much like just boiling potatoes for a mashed potato recipe. The one when I used, uh, well, I actually had some that I had sliced or got, I had peeled and was ready to slice them trying to make some sweet potato chips. I had trouble with that recipe, but I had them peeled, so I just cubed them up, boiled them for 10, 15 minutes, drained the water out, added a little bit of milk and lots of butter, and stirred them around until they were the right consistency and good to go. I'm looking forward to exploring that. And then the, the sweet potato chips that I didn't do very well with so far, I'm really kind of excited with that because the guide said to cut them as thin as you can, probably use a mandolin to get them really thin. And so I put it on the quarter inch here, no, less than that, less than probably an eighth of an inch and sliced them all up. And then you put them in the oven. And But the recipe I found online didn't give me a temperature or a time. So I had to experiment a little bit and they either got burnt or if I cut them thicker, they didn't quite get crisp, but there were a certain percentage of them that turned out just right. Every bit as good as a potato chip with a different kind of a much higher sugar content in the sweet potatoes, even though the calorie content's about the same. They were really good, and I, I want to keep doing stuff with that because I could see making some sweet potato chips if you get the get it just right, and they'd really be good. I'm always glad to see crops grown here that aren't traditionally grown by the average gardener to figure out that we actually can. So we appreciate your efforts and time in talking to us. Do you have anything else? Oh, I just really encourage people to give peanuts a try just because they're different, uh, really unusual, of interest to 
kids and adults everywhere. And the, and the sweet potatoes, it's just a really nice change. I think people would enjoy raising those too. Well, thank you very much. You're sure welcome. Homegrown Horticulture Podcast is a production of Utah State University Extension. Special thanks to Dean Miner for coming on and talking about his sweet potatoes and peanuts. Special thanks to Savannah Peterson for composing the transition music and the joy drops for the introduction and outro music. If you are still listening, the show is over.